Dear Founder, as you know, there's no blueprint for entrepreneurship. You wear so many hats, you burn the midnight oil, you pour your heart and soul into everything that you do. But without a doubt, the journey is worth every single second that you put into it. I'm Lindsay Pinchuk, host of the Dear Founder podcast. I say this because I've lived it for over a decade. I started my first company with $500 in my pocket and a baby in my belly. I grew it and I sold it all. This podcast is my weekly letter to you. We'll talk all things starting, growing, nurturing, and in some cases, even selling a business. Together with some of my closest contacts, I'm here to help you find your own success, whatever that means to you. The ride as a founder is the ride of your life. So come on in and join me for another episode that will get you one step closer to reaching your own founder goals. Welcome back to the latest episode of Dear Founder. I can't wait for you to meet today's guest, Julie Cole. But before I introduce her to you, I want to let you know that in a couple of weeks, I'll be kicking off my first ever small business marketing bootcamp. A lot of you listening have limited resources, both people and budget, and wonder how you're going to make an impact and drive sales. My small business marketing bootcamp is going to help you get started and also is going to help you make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes for more or join the Dear Founder Facebook community for a little taste of the info I'll be sharing as I go live there regularly with short lessons and some Q&A. On to today's guest. Today's guest, Julie Cole, founded one of my all-time favorite products and mom lifesavers, Mabel's Labels. And for those of you who have followed me for some time, you know I love to talk about Mabel's Labels on my TV segments and on my social media. Like many mompreneurs, Julie and her co-founders started this simple solution because prior to them doing so, it simply didn't exist. But in addition to being a kick-ass businesswoman, Julie is honestly one of the most incredible moms I've ever met. She offers real advice and perspective during today's episode, which makes you love both her and Mabel's labels even more than you think you already do. Not only does Julie shed light on bootstrapping a business and making it a success, but she also discusses some of her key tips for motherhood in today's episode. Julie Cole is a recovered lawyer, mom of six, yes, six, and co-founder of Mabel's Labels. She's helped her company bring their product to a worldwide market, gain media recognition, and win countless entrepreneur awards. Julie is a regular television contributor, a sought-after speaker, and a parenting blogger. Come on in. I cannot wait for you to meet Julie Cole. All right, Julie Cole. I am so happy to meet you or see you in the flesh. You know, I am a huge fan of Mabel's Labels. Mabel's Labels has changed my life. And anyone who follows me knows that I talk about your product all the time, both on my social media, on television. And having you here today to really share your story is an honor and a blessing. And I mean, you are a mom of Six, I want to say that a mom of six for those listening. I can't even manage my two. And you co-founded this business that, like so many entrepreneurs, was legitimately an aha moment. It was why are we putting masking tape in the in the t-shirt in our t-shirts and on our tags for our kids? We need our kids need labels. We need to organize our kids. So 
I'd love for you to kind of take us through your story first as to how you founded Mabel's Labels, and then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty. For sure. And thanks so much for having me. And thank you for your support through all these years. I mean, and everything you've done, you've always been a great cheerleader for us and a supporter of uh, mom entrepreneurs. So for that, we are very grateful. And you've got a great community has also embraced us. So yeah, Mabel's Labels. So we started, gosh, it's over 18 years ago. Um, and, you know, to your point, you know, we were using masking tape and permanent marker on our kids' belongings. And we're like, ah, we can do, there's got to be something better out there. And there wasn't. So as good entrepreneurial mamas, we found a gap in the marketplace and we filled it. And, you know, people often say to me, what, you know, how did you come up with the idea? And I'm like, go through your day and find something that annoys you and make it better or make it prettier. So that was the first why, you know, I always say you should know why you're starting your business. That's a pretty important question (laughs) to ask yourself. So ours was filling that gap in the marketplace, but there was a second why as well. And that was because at the time, my then just my little guy had just turned three. He already had two little sisters and uh, he was diagnosed with autism. So we always joke that I'm a recovered lawyer. And at that time I wanted to leave the traditional workforce so that I could focus on my son, advocate for him, uh, set up an amazing therapy program in my basement, yada, yada, do all the stuff that needed to be done. Cause that's what moms tend to do. And so that's when I went to my co-founders and said, Hey, you know what, now that um, we've got this autism diagnosis. I need a little bit more flexibility with my work. What do you say about us launching this, uh, launching our Mabel's labels? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And I actually started with three women who, one's my sister and two of our friends were from college who ended up marrying, um, like my brother and my young uncle. So we all ended up being family. Oh my God. That is amazing. That I didn't know. I knew you had three co-founders, but I didn't know you were all like technically related. I know. I know. It's crazy. So you know what? That was 18, 19 years ago. Well, yeah. I mean, because we'll have our 19th birthday in March of when we sold our first label. So it's going back a while, but I am happy to report that as Mabel's labels has grown and, you know, we've gone from my sister's basement to now, you know, a 14,000 square foot facility with 40 full-time employees. And, you know, we've won um, national women entrepreneur awards. So we've had a lot of success, but I will also report back that my son, he's in his fourth year of college and he's got his driver's license and he lives with friends and he's a lifeguard and he's done aid work in Africa and he's, he's done really great. So both the company and my son have flourished and I often joke that on my deathbed, I'll say he's my life's greatest achievement and the other five are okay too. (laughs) (laughs) I love your story. I love, I love everything about it. And I love the outcome. I mean, what, what it is now. I mean, obviously there's more to come, but I just, everything that you just shared, I think any mom can relate to without a doubt and any entrepreneur can relate to without a doubt. And, you know, it was that thing, like people, I I do think, Lindsay, sometimes people really romanticize the idea of being an entrepreneur. And, you know, I'm here to remind you that I was in a basement making labels till 2 a.m. I remember I was pregnant with my fourth, getting up at 6 a.m., having the day with the kids. My son's therapy is then, you know... When I had my fifth kid, my oldest was six. So I was packing them in tight. So it was, you know, it was busy time. So it wasn't really that glamorous. And, you know, we started off, as I said, in my sister's basement. We were there for a little while. We did outgrow it. 
And at which point we thought, um, you know, maybe we're not quite ready for commercial space. So we told my sister to buy a bigger house with a bigger basement and she did. Oh my God. That was hilarious. So then we moved to her bigger basement. We thought we'd be there for five years. We lasted two and we had more staff and then we had to get to the commercial space. And now we've been where we are now for probably like 13 years, 14 years, quite a while. So talk to me a little bit about the growth. So you, you come up with this product, you put it out in the marketplace. What happens? I I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. So there are a couple of things. Like the thing is when you introduce a product to the market, it's a little tricky because you actually have to teach the market that they need your product too. Now that often can be a hurdle when somebody's bringing a new product to market. So I will say like those first couple baby shows we did, like a dad come up and be like, I can print this stuff on my printer at home. And I'm like, yeah, you go try that daddy-o. That's not going to work. It's not that easy to create dishwasher, microwave safe labels that, you know, are washing machine. Well, like, that, I was just going to say machine. that. And I, and I don't yeah. mean to interrupt your thoughts, but like your labels do not come off. Well, that's the secret sauce, right? So, I mean, these dads say, well, I'll just go print on my at home. And I'm like, yeah, good luck with that. So obviously you can't, right? Like this is something we did a lot of research to, and we knew like our market would want durable, really cute stuff. So there was that piece, that initial hurdle of introducing something to the market, but for us, it wasn't a tough sell. Like it made so much sense to parents, you know? And and the other advantage we had was that our market was moms. And moms, you know us, we talk about things we love, like it's our full-time job. We talk about products at the school drop-off, the side of the soccer field, at the nursery school drop-off. And then, and then social media hit. Well, I was gonna say, you you started this very similar to how, to how I started Bump Club. There was no social media. Right, right. So, I mean, in those early early days. So yeah, I'll get to that. Like, but in those early days, we didn't have social media, but we did have moms talking. Word of mom was invaluable to us. And the other thing was that once people saw our labels out in the wild, like if your kid, your friend's kid had them, you were like, what are those magical things? Um, So it was a very visual product. It would get into daycares. It would get into schools and camps and other parents would see it and be like, I need this product. This is a cheap insurance policy. I want all my stuff coming home. So there, there was that. The other thing that went well for us is that we had a couple of really sweet early media hits. And, you know, we, we would have this, like, we would get a media hit and then we'd have this amazing spike. And then things would settle for two weeks and then we get a second spike. And that was, we're always like, why does this happen? And we figured out because those first labels were out there in the wild from that first spike, then you got the word of mouth then you got them out being seen by other parents. And then that second spike would hit. And each time it happened, it just raised us more and more. Um, But it was, I will tell you, Lindsay, like anyone, anyone who's an entrepreneur, you know this, like it's pretty scary. You, you know, you put a lot of, you know, physical energy into it, emotional energy and finances. And, you know, you sunk a lot, you sink a lot of, a lot of resources into it. And, you know, if it's like, if this doesn't work, it's, it's heartbreaking. I can remember in our early days, like I'd suddenly drive by a shop that had like a going out of business sales sign up and I'd start to cry. Suddenly I'm like, dude, I feel you, man. Like, it's because just, you felt so bad, you know, right? you know how much work goes into this stuff. And I mean, 
I think we've all felt this watched friends through COVID whose businesses haven't made it through and it's absolutely heartbreaking. And for people who have been in that position, just, you know, working in those basements or in that garage or sitting at your kitchen table, once the kids go to sleep, it's not pouring a glass of wine and watching Netflix, it's getting to work. Um, you know that hustle and the grit it takes and the investment. And so, yeah, it's uh, that's why I would say, you know, it, it's not so glamorous. Right. And no, and it's not. And I and I think it's I'm very glad that you pointed that out because a lot of people come with the assumption that I'm going to start my business and it is going to be glamorous. Oh, and, and it's going to be like, you know, fame. they see you on TV, they see me on TV. Yeah. And that is like, Though that element is a small component of what is done on a day-to-day basis. And that's a necessary component to further the business. It's not about being on TV. 100% it is PR, but also Lindsay, we've been in line for 20 years for this stuff. Yes. This is, this came about because we did the hustle. And I mean, and I always encourage people to apply for awards and stuff for a lot of reasons. First of all, when you apply for a business award, it makes you do the application, which makes you revisit your business plan, make sure you're on track. And then if you do happen to get a win, you got some great PR, then you're in front of the Rolodex. If somebody's looking for mom entrepreneur, you know, I'm coming up and then they're calling me for a quote or for an interview. So, and there's lots of ways that you need to, and, and I mean, you know this about being that personal brand and particularly for moms, they don't want to buy from nameless, faceless people. They well, want to buy from like people yes. just like, you know, I've been blogging and for 15 years, not yes. about labels, but I mean, because it's relatable and people want to buy from people who, you know, are also trying to get through the day with us smelling like baby vomit. <laughs> and, and that is, that is, brings me to my next question and something that I wanted to ask you. You have not only created a very recognizable brand for moms and you've created a necessary use for your product hundred percent, but you have also created this secondary kind of business that is the blog and your Facebook show. And you are the face of Mabel's labels. And you and I both know that to your point, having a face on a brand really brings it to a new level. And I always tell my clients and anyone who asks me, you've got to be a part of your brand. People want to buy from someone that they trust. And you have elevated yourself in the mom world in a place that sometimes I would argue that people recognize you as Julie Cole, you know, mom blogger, sometimes maybe more than Julie Cole, co-founder of Mabel's Labels. Yeah, they're very, they're very interchangeable and using your personal brand to elevate your professional brand is, is really key. I mean, people are marketed to constantly and having like the celebrity CEO or, you know, celebrity business owner or whatever is something that is going to make you stand apart from your competitors. And it's going to give you that edge, especially if you know your market. And again, my market being moms, they they insist upon it. They want to feel connected. They want community. This is why we have over 200,000 Facebook fans. This is, we're always providing content. We do more than just provide labels. We're always behind everything we do. We're like, are we making mom's life easier? You know, and that's what I do. And, you know, when people say, can you separate the person from the brand? I really don't think so. Like I am Mabel's labels and everything I do, I'm always thinking about how this is going to impact my brand. And that's, you know, and I think people need to, I think the, 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 the businesses that are aware of that, you know, you, you have visibility, which creates credibility, which creates loyalty, which brings in sales. It's good for business. 
A hundred percent. And I want to move on to kind of the next facet of this in, is you've been blogging for 15 years, so way longer than most social media has been around, at least most social media for adults. You know, Facebook did start in college dorms, but how did social media take both you, Julie Cole, and Mabel's labels to the next level? Because I, I can't even imagine what you're going to answer me. It right was now. it was a game changer. It was a game changer for us because we knew how moms the word of mouth piece, and then once social media hit, we were maybe four or five years old, and we were very early adopters. And that was because we knew it was going to be a wonderful vehicle for people to talk about us and talk about our brand. And I mean, we were. I mean, I was blogging when people didn't even know what blogging was, and we were connecting with like mom bloggers and sending them labels and connecting with them. I mean, I was at the first blogger conferences, the first mom 2.0 conferences, still go to these things still, you know, I really understood how important that was to our brand because, you know, moms don't trust traditional advertising. They don't buy a stroller because they look, uh, see a stroller ad in a magazine. They're going to see what, you know, what triple stroller did I push around? Cause I actually pushed one around for 10 years, you know, and they trust their influencers. So getting in with the influencers and the mom bloggers at the time was was absolutely paramount and let's face it we own this space i mean the moms own this space so it was yeah it was definitely a game changer for us it also really like gave us some grassroots opportunities like you could connect with people it got you access to people we were a small business. We couldn't afford a half page ad in a parenting magazine, right? But what we could do was engage with people on Twitter, hold a Twitter party. You know, we were really into the Twitter at the time for sure. And then as, as things have changed, like our original parents were like my age, I'm 50 now, right? So those were all the Facebook, but now we're all over TikTok. We're all over Instagram. Our customer now is millennial moms. And I don't pretend to be a millennial mom. I'm not doing the TikTok. You know, now we've got an amazing, you know, my team, like we have an amazing team of like young moms who are about that. And I always say like with the moms, they can sniff out a fake. So I'm not talking about diapers anymore. I'm talking about my teens or I'm talking from a seasoned mom perspective. And it's okay for your personal brand to develop and to change. Just be transparent about it. You, you are speaking my language. <laughs> no, you are. Because yeah. I have said many times in the last couple months, you know, that I had, I felt I had a shelf life with Bump Club and I couldn't be telling people what strollers to use anymore because strollers had evolved and I was no longer pushing them. Yes. And so it was imperative that someone else took my place as kind of the face of the brand. I would always be the founder. You are always going to be the co-founder of Mabel's Labels. You will always be in charge of PR. You will always deal with the strategy, but you are not using your product anymore. And so you cannot be telling people this is the best product on the planet because you aren't really using it for the way that I am using it with my school age kids. It's very different. Yeah. So I guess my next question for you is as you guys have grown and time has gone on and you have kind of evolved out of this mom with young kids voice, how has your position and your stake in the company evolved? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, my youngest is 12. 
Um, so I have three at home and I have three away at college. So you've and still got some labeling in your future. Oh, there's still on. <laughs> My kids still are useless with their labels. They've been raised with them. They're, they're codependent on their labels. So <laughs> Julie, also- I'm looking at my console table in my foyer right now. And yeah. we keep a booklet of Mabel's labels yeah. for each child in that foyer. Same, and same. My yeah. nanny, me, my husband, everyone knows nothing leaves the house without getting a label on it. And we, and it's like just part of our daily process. 100%. And you know what you got to remember when we started this, you know, and I had the three little ones and, you know, it was, we just had our like original sticky label and then some iron on labels, whatever, but we have our product our product line has evolved as our kids have evolved too. Like as soon as I had tweens, I'm like, we need some cool tween labels, right? Like shit, like skateboards and, and iPods and whatever. And then it's like, okay, now I've got kids who are going to sleepaway camp. Okay. So now what we, what do we need? The stamp. With canoes. We need the stamp. The stamp was the best kids. for underwear and socks. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, and also guess what's going on with our original customers. They're now buying next generation. They're putting their parents in residential care homes. So now we've got like that golden pack we've got. So we try to hold on to our customers and we've got a lot of them now who are becoming grandparents and buying for their, so there, you know, there's this evolution, but, and so we try to hold on to our customers, but at the same time, we have new customers being born every day. So we need to stay relevant. And like I said, I'm not pretending I'm somebody else. Absolutely. I still blog and I do that stuff, but I take it more from a seasoned mom perspective and also, you know, very out there. We, you know, have allergy labels, right? We have, I have a child, you know, on spectrum. I'm some neurodiverse kids. I have some queer kids. We've got, I mean, I've got the whole gamut. We've got, you know, um, uh, pronoun labels now, like we've got all the things as our kids grow and change and, and their, their labeling needs change too. And we're here to adapt to that. So, and, and then how has your position at the company changed? Right. So I am very much like, I am very much, um, I do a lot of sort of speaking. I do a lot of entrepreneurial stuff. I do a lot of parent stuff. I do, you know, I'll be at the next mom 2.0 speaking at that. I speak at baby shows. I'll talk often about uh, work-life balance. Um, I was speaking at an event last night. Uh, I'm a judge for a national women entrepreneur um, uh, awards. I'm at the gala tonight. So I do a lot of just getting that face out there, getting that brand out there, elevating the brand. And I love it because it's what I do. It's in my wheelhouse. Um, the company gets a lot of value out of it. And, uh, and I'm not doing a lot operationally. You know what? Like, I don't have anyone reporting to me. I have some dotted lines, but like the team that you work with, they're, you know, reporting to our marketing director. I'm the senior director of PR. So I got a lot of deadlines, but I don't get bogged down having to do like performance appraisals and stuff like that, which is super sweet. So it's, it's pretty good. I mean, obviously I'm on the management team. So doing, you know, the strategic direction of the company, um, you know, and, and, all of that fun stuff. Um, but day to day, it's a lot of stuff like talking to you, which is awesome. How has, how have you managed this empire that you've helped build and your six children? I, and this is like, to me, this is the elephant in the room question, because mm-hmm. I know when I said six at the beginning, everyone's antennas went up Oh my God, six kids. I mean, that is, that's a lot. That's a lot for any two people, let alone one person and this huge company that they're founding and building and becoming the face of. How have you done this? Yeah, look, there's been a few things I would say. Um, The first I would 
and this was a mistake I made. I was really late to the game getting help because my feeling was like, I dropped out of the traditional workforce so I could be with my kids and run a business. But yeah, I got a nanny. I got a full-time nanny. I had a nanny when my fifth kid turned one. Oh my like God. I was, I, 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 was, I couldn't have done this without my nanny. I was three kids too late on that. Like I was four kids too late on that. That was ridiculous. But anyway, I finally, you know, and that was, that was obviously a game changer because I mean, I was constantly- I just, I didn't sleep for years, right? Like literally. Um, so I learned to get help. I learned to say no. I say no a lot, lot. Like I say no to my kids a lot. Like if they forget their lunch, it's like to go, if they go to school and don't bring lunch, I don't bring it to them. I'm like, oh dude, that's too bad. Try to see if you can find a granola bar. Cause otherwise I could spend my whole life chasing these kids around. You know, I, I'm not going to do it. They only ever forget their lunch once. They're not going to starve. And same, like they forget their gym clothes, sit out on the bench. You don't get to do gym that day. It's not, you are the best mom. It's natural. You are, but you are the best mom. You are teaching your kids valuable lessons that they well, it is basically, look, Lindsay, it's like, I just can't, I can't chase around my six kids all day. <laughs> crap. They've forgotten at home. I refuse to. And again, it's not a punishment. I've trained them to be very independent because I need them to be. And also there are six of them. It's, I've had to invest in like getting them to do their own things. Like I don't get up and make breakfast for anyone or lunches for anyone. Like if you don't want to make lunch, don't eat. Like I, I'm not doing this for you, you know, or you can try now to talk Nanny Hazel into it, but like, good luck. Cause it ain't going to be me. So I do say no a lot. Like if, you know, and if a kid, I always joke, like if a kid came home today and said, mom, I need 24 cupcakes for tomorrow at school. I would be like, <laughs> are you new here? Have we just met? <laughs> I, uh, my, my mantra is your lack of planning does not constitute my emergency. So I do that with love that work with home, whatever. So I say no a lot and that's really helpful. I think really at the end of the day, my secret sauce is that it is my perspective. I just, I don't get my knickers in a knot. If the house isn't imperfect, I'm good. If kids have hot dogs for dinner, two nights in a row, no one's had scurvy yet. Nobody's called child services. Like I don't really put a lot of pressure on myself on that stuff because that stuff just doesn't matter to me. Nobody at my funeral is going to be talking about my gorgeous meals and my shiny home, but they're going to be like, oh yeah, it's so funny. I go to Julie's house. And if I arrive to a party early, she makes me put a kid in the bath, you know, like, and that's okay. I'm good. I, I love it. I, and I love that perspective. It's so real. And so many women need to hear it no matter how many kids they have, because so many people are tied up in this, to your point, picture perfect world, especially now with Instagram and TikTok and it's just, it's not realistic. It's not realistic and it's not feasible to maintain. And remember comparison is the thief of joy. And, you know, you see these things, I think, you know, we're seeing people's highlight reels on their social media. We're thinking, oh, their businesses are so successful and their husbands are cute and their kids always get A's. They're only showing you that like, nobody's got it perfect. So stop it. Like if you find, even if you find certain people a little toxic or they're wearing out your mental health, unfollow them or take a social media break, you know, it's not worth it. It's just, this is your journey. You own it. It's all you got. So again, comparison is the thief of joy. Don't let it rob you. Thank you for that. One of the things I want to bring it back to the business. And one of the things I want to ask you is you are in Canada and you launched a product that is distributed across North America and around the world. How how have, how did you bring that into the United States? And was that a business challenge for you 
to start doing business in the U.S.? Right. So um, we're probably uh, probably about 50-50 Canada-U.S. Um, because we're a web-based business, our customers can come from anywhere, right? So that's kind of an advantage as far as, you know, I see like local companies, say a local real estate agent or a local bakery or something, like they would do their social media strategy and all their marketing strategy around local where we can, you know, we've got out, we can cast a wide net. And you were ahead um, of the curve also with totally. being an online business. Yeah. I mean, we like were a DTC back in the day, online business. Totally. Like we were, yeah. I mean, being an e-commerce business, we were way yeah, ahead of the game, which was hilarious because a bunch of, you know, moms in a basement with not a nerd among us, you know, trying to figure this out. That was good times. We had lots of nerd friends and I always say, <laughs> And our nerd friends helped us out. And I always say my other thing is your network is your net worth. So, you know, if you have nerd friends, use them. If you have friends who know things about finance and taxes, whatever, connect. And women do, do a great job of that. So just always remember your network is, is your net worth. Um, what were you at? What was I going on? About, about distributing across oh, yeah. country lines. Yeah. So, I mean, for us, we do have also a little production facility in California that we make our labels out so that they get faster to our American customers. Um, we did in the early days, one of the partners went out and lived uh, in California for a year. So we'd get a sense of the, you know, different market and how moms are there. And the thing was, we realized it's very regional, right? Like it's, you know, Texas is going to look different to Florida is going to look different to New York. That's going to look different to California. Um, it has been a little bit of a funny market to crack, but um, yeah, like I said, we do, we do quite a, we do quite a bit of business in the U S and go there quite frequently. And a lot of our great customers are you know, are there and, and, and being a web-based business, it does really open you up. I mean, you guys were pioneers really and truly like, I mean, you, because when you look at the baby and kid space, now there's been this circle back to a lot of DTC, mainly because a lot of the small retailers have closed in the baby and kid space. And so a lot and, and margins. And so now, you know, you see a lot of the baby and kids products, they are direct to consumer also just to be more profitable. But you guys, that was your game early on. Did you was that planned? Did you did you know that that was where you were gonna head, or was it just kind of something that happened? Well, it was. I mean, because we thought initially, again, coming from that, like creating a product that we wanted, that as moms that we wanted. So you know, the the um, B two C just made made so much sense. I mean, we do some things B two B, but our primary focus has been on you know kids products, connecting with moms. And sometimes I think it's important for business owners not to get distracted by the shiny objects. You know, sometimes we're always just very mindful of okay, what is it that we do? We even thought about this when we were getting commercial property. Cause for me, I was like, well, I don't like renting. I like owning. So maybe we should buy something. And it's like, well, what is it that we do though? We make labels. If we buy a building, we're changing light bulbs. We're shoveling snow from the sidewalk. We're, you know, worrying about getting things painted. We're worrying about and then that distracts us from, it's kind of like the good to great book. Like you have to, do, what do you do? Do what you do well. And that's why I say like, you know, solo entrepreneurs, I know you want to do your own taxes because it's cheaper. You're going to spend a week doing your own taxes, but, you know, getting somebody to do it who's a professional will take an hour and then you can do what you're good at, which is growing your business and focusing Thank on Thank you that. for saying that. 
Thank you. Every entrepreneur and solopreneur needs to hear that. I say it all the time. Uh I am the worst at finance, the worst. And it was when I hired, right. And, but, but to your point, I was so, you know, keeping the purse strings close. And I was so worried about having someone else do like deal with my books. And it wasn't until I hired that part-time controller that my business elevated. And to your point, every single solopreneur needs to hear that. I'm doing the same thing with this podcast right now. Do you think I know how to edit it? No, I tried. It took me hours and hours and hours. And I have now hired someone to do it who does a beautiful job in a fraction of the time and it's worth the money. So thank you. Yep. And a contractor is an entrepreneur's best friend. I mean, you don't have to make full-time hires. You don't have to hire somebody in HR. (laughs) So I have one more, one more kind of question that I want to address that I think is the most important question for our listeners. And that is what advice would you give to someone who's starting out? And I know you guys are about to celebrate your 19th anniversary. It's been a while, but you have learned so much along the way. What would you tell someone who's just starting a business or wanting to start a business? Okay. There are so many things I can say right now, but I'm going to say them all. Yeah. From my perspective as a, you know, a mom who was starting a business um, and I've seen this kind of go wrong with families. I think what you need to make sure is that if you have a spouse or children or whatever, that everybody knows what it's going to look like. You need to manage expectations. Do they really understand that you're not going to have a salary for a couple of years that you're not going to go on a family vacation, that you're going to be answering your phone a lot. You're going to be on your gadget a lot because you want to respond to your customers because you have to, um, that there's not going to be like sitting and watching, you know, Netflix when the kids go to bed and having date night, like all that stuff really does go on hold. And I think if everybody isn't on board, either the relationships will struggle or the business will struggle. So I think everybody's got to be on the same page and understand. And it almost ties in with that, you know, don't romanticize the life of an entrepreneur because there's, there was nothing glamorous in those basements, you know, in the, uh, in the early days, I can tell you that. So I would say, yeah. And you also have to make sure that you're very, you know, you've got an appetite for risk, um, that you're not risk adverse. Uh, you know, I have a couple mantras hanging up on my, um, on my wall at the office. One is, uh, if you're, if you're, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much space. <laughs> and the other one says, don't tell me I'm burning the candle at both ends. Get me some more wax. <laughs> Love I'm it. sure you can relate. <laughs> yes. I, I have been able to relate with every single thing that you have said today. And you, not only are you a wealth of knowledge, you are a true inspiration to all entrepreneurs and mompreneurs and moms. I, I mean, you really you tell it like it is. And I appreciate that so much because there are so many people out there trying to tell women, moms, entrepreneurs, how to live their best life. And it's not real. And the fact that you are showing up today and being as real as they come. And, you know, you have a beautiful family and an amazing business that has filled a void in the world for parents. You are a true success. And I, I can't imagine someone listening to this, walking away, not feeling more full. Seriously. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. And of course, if anyone wants to stay in touch, mableslabels.com and my stuff is at mableslabels.com slash Julie Cole. And of course I'm on Insta and Facebook and all the places. And we're going to link everything in the show notes. So I love it. everyone can reach out to you and buy Mabel's labels and 
the whole, the whole kit and caboodle. So I love it. Thank you so much, Lindsay. How amazing is Julie? For over 12 years, I have been blown away by her and I'm truly honored that she took the time to join us today. Some key takeaways from today's episode. Number one, always tell people to fill the gap or to make things better or make things prettier when they're first starting a business and trying to find a solution. Number two, people romanticize what it's like to be an entrepreneur, but honestly, it's not that glamorous. Number three, when you introduce a product to the market, it's tricky because you need to teach the market that they need the product too. Number four, Moms talk about the things that they love like it's their full-time job. Word of mom has been invaluable for the Mabel's Labels brand. Number five, when you're a mom and an entrepreneur, once the kids go to sleep, it's not pouring a glass of wine and watching Netflix. It's getting to work. Number six, moms and customers don't want to buy from a nameless, faceless brand. Be the face behind your brand. Use your personal brand to elevate your professional brand. This is key. People are marketed to constantly. Having a celebrity CEO or a business owner is going to help you stand out from your competitors and give you an edge. Moms insist upon it. They want to feel connected. They want community. Behind everything Mabel's Labels does, they ask, are we making mom's life easier? Number seven, moms don't trust traditional advertising. They don't buy a stroller because they saw it in a magazine. They want to see who's pushing what stroller. Getting in with the influencers and the mom bloggers is paramount if you have a brand that is targeting moms. Number eight, it's okay for your personal brand to develop and to change. Just be transparent about it. Number nine, evolve your product as your audience and the end user evolves. How can they continue to use your product in new ways? Stay relevant, but also evolve. Number 10, do what you do well. Outsource the things that you're not able to do. It will save you time and ultimately it will save you money. Hiring someone who's a professional to do the things you're not good at frees up your time so that you can do what you're good at. I cannot thank you enough for being here and for joining us on today's episode of Dear Founder. Please make sure you're following at Lindsay Pinchuk and at Dear Founder on Instagram. You can also go to lindsaypinchuk.com slash freebie to download some of my tips, tools, and resources for starting a business and for managing the social media beast. Don't forget, join the Dear Founder Facebook community for more discussions to help propel your success. I go live there regularly to share lessons and to answer your questions, plus, That's where I'll be putting all of the information about my upcoming small business marketing bootcamp workshop. We have some amazing guests coming up. So please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen. And don't forget to leave a rating or review if you like it. If you know someone who wants to start her own business like Julie or who started a business or who has an amazing idea for a business, text them this episode or post it on your Instagram. Tag me and I'll reshare some of those to say thank you. I'll be back next week with another episode of Dear Founder. Her.